We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Who's been enjoying the Blessed Life series? Who's been enduring the Blessed Life series? Um, We can be honest tonight. Um, because the first time I was taught about tithing and giving and being gener- and, and generosity, it was it was enduring. It wasn't enjoying because um, people wanted my money, all right? Because that's what generosity is about. It's like yes, we've got our time, we've got our treasure, uh, we've got our talent, but also generosity is about our finances. And um, I, there, there was times I was like, I don't want to give my money to nobody. Um, but who knows there's something a whole lot wrong in those phrases. Uh, my money is the first phrase that's wrong. Uh, you know, and, and tonight I want to unpack some, some of those phrases um, because nothing's ours. Let me just throw it out there. It's night service on 5 p.m. It's been hailing all day. Everyone wants to have a sleep. And uh, we'll get, out, get to the point real quick and you can go have some uh, uh, McDonald's on the way home and get into bed early and it'll be a bright sunny day tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but when it comes to living a generous life, it's a, it's a challenge, right? Because um, in, in life, God's called us to be generous. And remember what we talked and preached and taught about a little while ago that our, 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 we are righteous. We've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus, right? And so we are righteous and that's our form. But now our function is that we are now generous, right? So we're saved by God's grace and, and He loves you and you're saved. But then the outworking and the overflow or the, um, the transition now is that there's a generosity that comes out of our life. That's why in, 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 in the book of James, it says, faith without deeds is dead. So we have our faith in Christ, but our faith in Christ should lead then to deeds of generosity, Right? So if there's no deeds of generosity, where's the faith? There's no tra- there's, there mustn't have been a revelation there. Because if there has been a revelation of God's love and of God's grace, the overflow and the outworking of that should then lead to a life of generosity. Now, I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about our entire life. Our entire life should live a life of generosity. Um, the world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And so um, I I don't want your world to get smaller and smaller. I want your world to get larger and larger. Um, The Bible talks about giving and and sowing and reaping. That's a good thing, right? I've sowed grass recently. And I, every day I go out. When I got home from India, what did I do? I went out and checked the grass. And there's a whole lot of grass where I don't want it. On my new grass, I want new grass, but the grass is growing crazily. But, um, but I've sown the grass seed, and now I want to reap it. I want to I see the grass come up, and it's, gonna, it's that nice, fluffy grass. Who likes nice, fluffy grass? Uh, anyway, the small things that matter. But the, the principle is that we sow, and then we, we reap. And, but I, I, I just scratch my head when I come against Christians who, who don't want to reap. They're like, oh, no, 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 don't bless me. I'm like, what's that about? That's not, just, that's like a false 
humility or like, are we limiting God if you can't be blessed? Like, oh no, give it to someone else. Or, you know, you know, if someone comes up to you and says, oh, you know, I just really like to give you a bunch of flowers. And you're like, oh, no, 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 that person over there deserves them more than me. Why can't you just receive the bunch of flowers? Because God can find another bunch of flowers for that person. Because God, God's bigger and, and, and got so much more than, than but, but there's this false, I don't know what to call it. It's like almost a false humility. Uh, if someone wants to bless you, just say thank you. Because here, you must have sown somewhere. When you sow, when you sow you're going to reap. Um, but tonight we're going to find out a few other things about when we sow in other areas. We also reap in those areas as well. Because um, we like sowing in good areas, <laughs> right? Um, it's when we sow in the other areas. Um, let's, let's go to our Bibles, Matthew chapter 7 and Luke chapter 6. And while you're turning there, it will come up on the screen as well. Um, let's pray. Father, I always just thank you for your goodness and your grace on our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would... You would teach us tonight through your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, would, it, would, would something come alive in every single person of just how great and how awesome you are. And may we also then, Lord, challenge ourselves to align our heart with the principles of the word of God. And so, Lord, that there would be a flow of just grace and a flow of favour and a flow of blessing on every single person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, if you've got your Bibles, open it up. If you haven't, look on the screen and then repent later. <laughs> no, it's having you on. It's 5 p.m. So we're allowed to joke in church. Um, Matthew chapter 7, it says this. I'm using the New King James Version um, tonight, so, so go with it. Um, Judge not uh, that you be not judged, for with the, what with... For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Um, Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Um, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, uh, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So here we go. We've got, we've got two scriptures and two different gospels written by two different people, but obviously of the same teaching of Jesus, which is the Sermon on the Mount. And so we've got these two scriptures here um, from two different people, but it's saying the same thing. Judge not and you shall not be judged. But it also says, for, what, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And it will be measured back to you. So, so this is an interesting scripture. Uh, and th then we see also, though, in, in, in the Luke one, it's got the verse 38 in there. And there's, there's something in the middle of, the, uh, of these scriptures. It says, Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to put into your bosom. Um, for with the same measure that you use, this is the so the sandwich, it will be measured back to you. 
So this is, uh, I've heard this being preached a lot of times. Give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's, it's been preached a whole lot, especially when it comes to giving financially. And maybe you've been in church for a while or you've heard other messages or you've heard other, been in other church services and you've heard this, someone speak on this before. Um, it is a good scripture, yes, right? Give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. But here's the thing. We then start to tell, start to create this wrong theology that, we're, that Christians are supposed to give to get. This, this, that's not actually what the Bible is trying to teach us. The Bible is actually teaching us a principle. The way that you give is gonna be then given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So that's a good principle, right? But a lot of the time, preachers will preach on it about giving, and it's about when you give, you're gonna get back. But, but let's talk, think about it in the entirety of the Scripture here. Um, judge, the way that you judge is gonna be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. <laughs> Do we like the Scripture now? No, we don't like the Scripture now because we're all judgmental. Um, it, it, the way that we content, condemn people is, is going to come back to us pressed down, shaken together, running over. The way that we hold on to unforgiveness, what's going to happen? It'll come back to us pressed down, shaken together, running over. And so in this, in this entirety of the Scripture, it's the principle of God, the way you sow is going to come back to you pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it doesn't matter what topic we're talking about. So it's not just about finances here. I like the one about finances. I'm very happy about that. I struggle with the one with unforgiveness. Anyone else? With judgment? Uh, you know, um, we're still human. But I, I want to encourage you tonight. See, when it comes to living a blessed life and when it even comes, and next week we're actually going to start talking about tithing. We haven't talked about it in this series yet because we can't get to the place where we start talking about money and finances unless we've dealt with our heart attitude. Our heart attitude has got to be the first place that we go because if you start giving to God out of your head, you're starting to do business deals. And, and that's not how it works. It's not, that's not what the, the Bible teaches us. This is the principle of God. The way that we sow, excuse me, the way that we sow is going to be the way that then we reap back to us. Um, see, see, it's all about our heart. It's all about our heart issues. And so this principle is about how we, how we live and what comes out of our heart. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks or the, issue, the issues flow. Um, and so I want to encourage you tonight. It's not about um, giving to get. It's not about that at all. It's about a principle of God that when you sow, you will reap. But it depends on what you sow. And the way that you sow determines the measure that's going to come back to you. Anyone, and I'll just have to use a, an offering illustration for this. But I, I've, been, I've been in many, many, uh, it's the, I guess, what you call the, uh, a byproduct of, um, of being a pastor is that often in conferences. And at conferences, <laughs> they always take up offerings. I'm like, what are, why do you need to take up an offering? Every night. <laughs> Every night. 
Why? And the Lord talked to me about that, and I don't have to. Uh, it's just another opportunity to trust God. That's what He said anyway. Um, but they, they, but it used to be like, man, oh, I'll just get my loose change. Bucket comes by, make sure you drop it from really high, makes a whole lot of noise, sounds like you're giving a whole lot of money, ching you know, rattle the bucket as you're passing along and smile and wave at everyone. Um, but who knows that the way that you gave was just loose change. And so this principle says that the way that you gave is going to be the way that it comes back to you. Um, I don't want God's loose change. I want everything of Him. But if you want everything of God, we've got to give our entire life to Him. And I'm not just talking about our finances and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking about our entire life. Uh, so the way that we give is going to also determine the way that we get, we receive back to us. Um, it's pressed down, shaken together, running over. Um, have you ever been in a place of overflow? Overflow. I think, you know, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite places of overflow is a Chinese smorgasbord. All right. Anyone with me on this? Just chaos. But you know, you know when you go to a Chinese smorgasbord and I don't know, and they give you the plastic container and they give you the lid, and the only rule is, is that you've got to get the lid on. You've got to get the lid on to walk out of the shop, and you're not allowed to eat before you leave the shop. Um, and, and so you know that you want to get some overflow happening. And so you get the plastic container, and uh, here's, here's a tip. You never start with the rice. Never start with the rice. The rice is always last because it's small, and you can shake it, and it will fall into the little cracks that haven't been filled yet. All right? And, and with wontons, you always smash the wontons up. They wait, take up way too much room. If, if, you, if you have the wontons there and they, you know, way, way too much air there, and smash them up, smash them up, get it in there. But, you know, you get, you get, it, get it in there and you press it down and you shake it together and you get the next thing and press it down, shake it together. And then, then the last thing you put on, I didn't tell the people this this morning, so you guys are up for this. This is a, tr- this is a treat for you guys. The last thing you put on is the sauce because the sauce fills up every last gap. And then, then, you, then if you've got it right, you should be able to put the lid on and just a little bit of sauce squeezes out around the top. <laughs> and you don't get any bad looks from the owners of the, of the, of the, of the takeaway shop. But here, here's the thing. Is, is that's, a, that's actually the way that God wants to fill your life up. Yeah, so it's actually the way He's like, I've got so much that I want to give you. I've got so much that I want to give you, pressed down, shaking together, running over. But we determine how He gives to us. That's what the Bible says. I'm not what I'm making. I'm not making this up. Um, and so let's live a life that we live in God's overflow um, and God's blessing. Um, you know, the 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 illustration of an apple seed. You sow a seed. Of, and, and, and it goes into the ground and then it grow up. What does it grow into? A tree, apple tree. And what grows off the tree? Fruit, the apple, apple fruit and what's inside the fruit. Way more seeds. And so out of one seed comes a whole lot of potential, a whole lot of blessing, a whole lot of, uh, but it just comes from the place of how and are we going to sow 
Um, and this is, this is the principle of God. Um, let's keep moving. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 through to 11, um, let's read this out. It says this. Um, if there is among you a poor man of your brethren, which means brother, um, within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your, from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need. Whatever he needs, Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you and it becomes sin among you. You shall surely give to him and your heart should be, should, should, sorry, should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all, all to which you, you put your hand. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you saying, you shall open your hand wide to, the, to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. So what does that all mean? If you're reading that for the first time, you're like, what does that all mean? Especially if you're reading it out of the New King James. Right, there's a whole lot of random words in there that no one knows what they mean this year. Um, so <laughs> I want to just, just open it up a little bit. So when it talked there about the year of release, the year of release, every seventh year, it was, it was, it was custom, it was, it was actually law, it was law that if someone owed you money, they either had to settle the debt or you release them, that's what it said there, or you release them from the debt. No questions asked, no grudges being held. And so that's why it's talking about here uh, um, that, that, that don't let sin come into your heart. And so, so when we read this scripture, we've got to understand this, this concept that the Lord is talking about through this year of release. Uh, who would like to live with this concept now? Who has a mortgage? Your mortgage is going to be paid off in seven years. That's a good thing, right? Um, your student loans. <laughs> Some of you are really excited about that. It's more than your mortgage, right? Um, <laughs> um, but let, let's break this scripture down just a little bit. Is there, uh, if there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord God has given you, you shall not harden your heart. So here again, we're going back. So it's a heart issue. Is everything about generosity in our life comes from our heart. Um, it doesn't come from our head. You know, when Jesus was sitting in, in, the, in the temple and watching the offerings come by, all, all the offerings that were coming from the Pharisees were coming from where? From their head. They were all coming from their head. They were giving a whole lot of big, large amounts. And, and they were wanting, wanting the prowess and the, they were wanting people to see. But the only person who actually got Jesus' attention was the, the widow who gave the two mites because why? Those two mites came from her heart. They didn't come from her head. They came from her heart. And, and she gave everything. And so uh, it says, and then you should not, um, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient. I wonder where God's challenging you to be generous. 
I'm not just talking about finances. I'm just talking about your entire life. I'm wondering where he's saying, hey, I want you to be generous in forgiveness. I want you to be generous in not judging people anymore. I want you to be generous in not condemning people. I want, you know, how many times have we flicked through Facebook and like, oh, that person's posted something again. <laughs> Sick of them. <laughs> You're laughing because you do it, <laughs> right? And we go, oh, that person's all... It's like, I've got to ring up Tico. I really have to ring up Pastor Tico. It's like, I don't care what you eat anymore. It's like, all he does is post photos of food. It just makes me hungry. Maybe, um, maybe I've got an issue. <laughs> I need to sow forgiveness. Uh, um, where are we up to? Uh, we should open our hand wide to him and willingly lend. Willingly lend. And not worrying about the year of release. Because then it goes on, it says in the year of release, um, that if, that, if that determines your decision, it actually is sin. If your decision is, um, gets determined by what you're going to get from it, 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 it can actually lead to sin. What did, what did the Lord say to Cain and Abel? Right? The Lord said to Cain, He said, why has your countenance fallen? You will be accepted if you do what is right. And, and Cain could have, could have actually done what was right, but for some reason in his heart, he, uh, he may have got jealous. I don't know of, the, of exactly what, what happened, but I know that he didn't bring the offering that the Lord wanted of him. And, 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 then, and then so he, he ended up taking his brother's life. See, what happens, it leads to sin when we, are, when we aren't living a life of generosity. Um, let's keep going. There's four things that I want to share in, in eight minutes. It can be done. Um, the first one is that, that we need to deal with a selfish heart. At one point in your life, you all had a selfish heart. That's very quiet in here, right? Uh, when you were a baby, you had a selfish heart, right? <laughs> I've just got you, right? You've grown up now and you're not as selfish, it's okay. Um, but we're all selfish. We, we are. It's just in here at nature. We're all selfish. And, 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 and I'm not trying to discredit how awesome you are as well. But we all have to, we all struggle. Maybe I'm just talking to myself tonight. But I, we all struggle with selfishness because it's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about I, my things, right? Um, when, when, has, does anyone really like go through trade me looking for things for other people? Anyone? If you do, I've got a whole list of stuff that I need you to find for me. But um, no, no, you go through trade me looking for things for who? Yourself, right? And so <laughs> that's not a bad thing, but I'm just showing it as an illustration. We're, there, we're all thinking about ourselves, but God wants us to get, there's nothing wrong with thinking about yourself and nothing wrong with having things in your life because you are meant to live a blessed life. But God wants us to deal with a selfish heart. As long as we have a generous heart, uh, and go from there. So beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against you, against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And so there's a selfish, selfishness produces sin. Why did God present, uh, why did God invent giving? 
It's not a trick question. God invented giving so it would challenge our selfishness. Selfishness is one of those words where we think it's really negative and that's just an area of life that we've got to challenge on. And uh, I'm selfish. There's areas that you're selfish in. I'm not getting down on you. It's just something God wants us to be challenged in. And so how do you break selfishness? You go in the opposite spirit and you give, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's always great to have uh, my amazing uh, parents-in-law here, Alistair and Linda. And, uh, you know, um, they're a little bit older now, so they've had a lot more time to work on their selfishness. And um, I'm going to be really careful what I say right now. (laughs) Um, But but the way they live their life, all of their siblings, oh, sorry, not not their siblings, their brothers, no, no, their children, Jet lag number two, right? I only get three. I'm using the one more left. But the way they live their life for their children is... uh, No, it's not. Oh. This was supposed to be a nice emotional illustration. (laughs) Now, seriously, though, the the way that they live their life for their children... It just blows me away. And, and I, sh- I shared this at our, our 40th birthday. I said, I'm the luckiest person to be in the world to be part of this family because I was married into their family and they have accepted me. And, and, and that's not selfishness. But, but the Lord deals with our selfishness. How? By opening our homes, opening our hearts to people and loving people and, 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 and have, taking them where they're at. I've never asked them what they thought of me when they first met me. I'm never going to. I don't want to know. <laughs> no. I'm wondering how long and how, how many late nights they've been praying. I prayed and prayed and prayed and I still stayed. Um, Uh, the 5 p.m., always good. Um, but selfishness, we all have an area that we're selfish in. But the way that we combat selfishness is going in the opposite spirit and living a generous life. Um, the most happy people, again, what is it? The Lord says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Um, and we get blessed when we receive but it's more blessed, it's more happy to give than it is to receive. Um, You know, just one more illustration. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, Fries. (laughs) I don't don't know how McDonald's or KFC do this, but there's a spirit of selfishness that gets, gets delivered through the window when fries come into your car. Anyone with me right now? There's, you get, you get, like, can I have a, can I have a fry? Can I have a chip? What are you, we were just did the order. I asked you if you wanted some chips, if you wanted some fries, and you said no, so no, you cannot have some fries. I don't know. I don't know about it, but may, may, I don't know. We've got to. We've got to go and pray over McDonald's and KFC. That spirit of selfishness needs to go. I don't know, but you know what I mean, right? No one wants to share their fries. 
So we've got to deal with a selfish heart. Number two, deal with a grieving heart. This is interesting here because the, the Lord uses the word grieve. You shall, surely, uh, be, uh, you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand to. The Lord uses this word grieve. Now, um, you know, I think the word grieving is, is for me, I'll grieve at a funeral. I'll, I'll grieve it if there's been a tragedy. I'll, I'll grieve if someone's been hurt or, or something like that. But the, to be grieved when I don't give someone something or I'm not generous, that's a different whole concept to me and my thinking. Because um, a lot of the time I'm not grieved when I don't share something, especially fries. But, but the Lord's using this word here. Is, and, and, and the point number two is we've got to deal with the grieving heart. And so the, what happens is that selfishness attacks us before we're generous and then grief attacks us after we're generous. And suddenly you think, oh man, why oh, I shouldn't have done that. I was like, or, or something is it? No, like in this, in, this, in this situation here, the Lord wants us to get to a place where we can freely give. When we can freely give, we can freely be generous and with our entire life. And that it doesn't matter whatever circumstance, whatever the situation in this context, doesn't matter if the year of release is next year. It's just, hey, you're just going to bless someone. You're just going to live a life, not worrying about whether it's going to come back to you, but worrying, just wanting to live a life that you can just live and be bless people, yeah? Um, you know... It's uh, 6.24. I've been home for a little while. I'm a little bit tired. You know, Felicity's tired as well. Um, but I reckon, you know, after your long trip tonight, Felicity, um, you know, what would be nice, hey, what would be great, oh, I'm feeling this way a little bit as well, is like if someone, like, took us out for dinner. Wouldn't that be awesome, mate? It'd be, it'd be really, really good. I mean, um, and like they just paid for it. It'd be great, you know. And um, I just reckon, you know... It'd just be nice if someone was that generous here in this room. I know. Oh, look at this guy. This, oh, thing. Look at this guy. Can I get your pin number as well? Pay waiver. No, I'm going to spend more than eighty dollars. <laughs> Pay waiver twice. Um, isn't that nice of Kale? Right, Kale's going to. Um, who knows that this is not Kale's card? Who knows that it's my card? And I gave it to him before the service. Um, here's the thing is, when you know something's not yours, it's easy to give it back. So what, what is yours? Nothing is yours. As a Christian, everything in our life is God's. And so when, when, when God asks you to, to do something, to be generous with your life. He's asking you to be generous with the things that He's given, graced you with. When it comes to your time, when it comes to your treasure, when it comes to your talent, He's asked you to be generous with those things. Why? Because you're part of the kingdom of God. You're part of the church of God, which is the, the, very, the very group of people that He's going to use to influence the world for Jesus. 
And we're part of that. And so it's just, again, it's real easy to give something back that you know it's not yours. But how many times do we stumble over that it's mine? When God asks us to do something, maybe serve on a team. Ah, oh, no, Sundays are mine. <laughs> it's a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, I've been, I've, I've, I've sung on the worship team for 20 years. I've done mine. I've done my offering. I've given, I'm like, oh, well. Um, do you know what happens to the person who buries their talent? <laughs> Read it. It's five o'clock. It's, it's, too, 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 it's not nice to be mean at five o'clock, but let's, let's not, otherwise, you've got to use it or you will lose it. Um, amen. So let's develop, um, uh, let's, let's get past a grieving heart. Let's develop a generous heart. The music team can jump up, please. Um, so number one was deal with a selfish heart. Number two was deal with a grieving heart. Number three is developing a, develop a generous heart. Now, the only way that I know to develop a generous heart is to go in the opposite spirit. Is to go in the opposite spirit. So if someone's uh, hurt you or disappointed you, you go and love them. If someone's, if, if someone's offended you, you forgive them. It might be hard. There's a lot of people that are offended and hurt in this world. And from a human point of view, it's justified. There's some horrendous, horrendous things that happen to people in this world. And it's hard to forgive. But the Lord's asking you to. And maybe there's areas that you're being challenged in from a judgmental point of view. Well, you've just got to go in the opposite spirit. Start praying for that person. Start, start championing that person on. Start going in that opposite spirit. That's the only way that I know how to develop a generous heart is to start stepping out and going in the ways of God. Um, for us, for Desiree and I, when it, when it comes to giving, um, when it comes to serving, when it comes to using our talent, we've just continued to give and give and give it to God. And we've all got our own, both of us have got our own testimonies on, on the challenges that we've faced, on, on, on serving God in, in areas, but we've just given it to God and, and He's just taken it and He's, and he's used it. And man, I'm blown away. You know, as I, as I said, I've been a little bit tired, a little bit jet lagged, but there's many, many different experiences that I love being a pastor. You know, the seen seen um, people getting baptized. Always awesome. And it doesn't matter who the person is, when they get baptized, always awesome. But I, I think for me, and, and this is why I was encouraging you to go and talk to Felicity about just some personal things that the Lord spoke to her about. But for me, one of my highlights right now is is just being on the borders and the foothills of the Himalayas in a in a in a in a land that is predominantly Hindu and Muslim, but preaching the gospel to a, to, a, to a tribe I don't even know the language of, but being translated and then seeing people come to know Jesus for, and asking Jesus to be their Lord and Saviour for the very first time is just so overwhelming and just so amazing. And it's just such a privilege. 
But I wonder if I'd ever have gotten that experience if I haven't uh, learned to buy someone a coffee, cup of coffee. But you start, if you want to get to those different places, you just start living your life as a, as a generous person. And then the Lord will just overwhelm you. He will blow you away with the blessings that He has for you. Because He wants to give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Um, so the third thing was develop a generous heart. Um, and then the last one, but we're running, we've run out of time, is develop a grateful heart. It says, you shall remember that, oh, sorry, going back to Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. So again, going back to that whole concept, that whole scripture about the year of release, leaning to one, not letting sin break into your heart. He's in saying this, remember that you once were also a slave in Egypt. And so he's saying to us, he commands us as Christians now, because we were all slaves, right? We, we, we We were all slaves to the penalty of sin. Before we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, whether you knew this or not, you were all slaves to the penalty of sin. But now that you've confessed God, confessed Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that you've confessed that He has, He came, He lived a perfect life, He died on the cross, three days later He rose again, and now He's seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. And by faith you believe this. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that He is faithful and just to forgive our sin. And a lot of us in this room has confessed and we've prayed this and we've asked Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour. And He did it all for us. He did it, did it all for you and for me and to develop a grateful heart, to remember every day, thank you, Jesus, for where I am. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not bound now by the penalty of sin. It doesn't mean that we're not gonna sin more because we will still fall, but the grace of God covers us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So He's forgiven our past, our present, and our future sin. And so I want to tell you, I want to encourage you tonight, let's continue to develop a grateful heart. When you wake up in the morning, I mean, thank You, Lord, that I'm here. Thank You, Lord, that um, I can get to serve You again. Lord, how would you want me to be today? Just starting the day like that, developing a grateful heart. So let's deal with our selfish hearts. Let's deal with a grieving heart. Let's develop a generous heart. And let's develop a grateful heart in Jesus' name. Why don't we all stand to our feet? We're finished. We're just going to pray. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.